KYW Original Podcasts. For more stories about the coronavirus pandemic in Philadelphia, subscribe to KYW In-Depth on the Radio.com app or wherever you listen to your podcasts. The Coronavirus Pandemic from KYW In-Depth. I'm Carol McKenzie. We are all DIYing these days. Everything from homemade masks to go to the grocery store to medical gowns and other PPE for healthcare professionals. Figuring out the best design and the best materials to use can be a challenge. There is a lot of information out there to sort through. So we decided to call the pros, the engineers and scientists with Penn's Special Emergency Task Force. It was put together to look at DIY materials and design using the stuff you might already have at home. It's called the Origami Mask Project, and I spoke with two of its members. Xu Yang is a professor of materials science and engineering at Penn, and Eric Sigalski is a medical device engineer and president of Archimedic in Newtown Square. This is Xu Yang, uh, a professor in the material science and engineering at University of Pennsylvania. Let's start out with you are part of this. Do I have it right? A special materials team at Penn and you guys are working on DIY masks? Oh, that's correct. So tell me a little bit about that. It's called the Origami Mask Project, right? Right, exactly. So when this first came out was emergency, um, so Penn um, uh, set up our emergency task force. So I was included in part of this task force. So I started to work with Mohi, uh, who's uh, in the Penn Medicine. He's a device manager in the medical device program. He's a director of that. So he was looking at the material. I was looking at different kinds of ways to DIY. Origami is one of the uh, strategy to folding the papers and folding other type of material. And Mohi was working with Eric, who you're going to talk about. And Eric sent him a pattern on origami. He already started to work at home. And that's why we get connected. So our group and other volunteers started to look into this, how do we modify this? So the general idea is, can we make this fabricatable in the, in the home or by the medical doctors? So we want them to be as simple as possible. On the other hand, it's very, very important if we want to provide them for the medical professionals, it's very important to have them to conform to the face. It's not a simple, the tri-folding design because uh, that doesn't give you the, the complete seal on the face. The medical doctors have to wear them at least eight hours. So you need to have a complete seal on the nose, on the chin, and side on the, uh, the face. Uh, the other thing is very, very important is it has to be breathable. So there's many different material was throughout, uh, but we want to look at filtration. That's the, the uh, filtration efficiency, whether they're comparable to N95. The other one is whether they're breathable, they're comfortable to wear. And third is in origami design, can they be actually conformable to the face so there's no gaps? I watched the video. I would probably have to pause it. <laughs> Pause and, and play and pause and play. It looked, uh-huh. it was pretty, it was pretty involved. So the design, that's the, the video you probably watched is the first design. So now we started trying to simplify this. So because the, depending on the material, initially when Eric was starting with this, is regular paper. So it's more rigid. And once you started to look at it's easy to tear as well. So, so a lot of design into it. How do we make sure that not tearing and not breaking and how do you actually still conform to the face? 
later once we started to use the new materials so so there's a suggestion coming from our task force using the medical uh, the doctors already used in the hospital which is the sterilization wrap um, this wrap has meets all the, the requirements uh, in terms of the filtration efficiency, comfortable to wear, very breathable, so we check all the facts of this. And, and then the design and the manufacturing, it was changed a little bit uh, because it can be simplified. So for the, the person at home, what, mm-hmm. what material can we use? What's the best thing to use here? Right. So there's a lot of materials we throw out. So people looking at, for example, T-shirts, or cotton, whether you can sew them, and uh, whether you can use coffee filter, because everything is considered as a filter. And the best, of course, is the vacuum bag filter. Uh, in terms of the efficiency and the performance, uh, the vacuum uh, the, uh, filter, uh, it, they do have very, very small pore size. They have, uh, so for N95, the pore size is... Uh, about 0.3 micron, and uh, uh, the, depending on the vacuum filter, if you're trying to find a good vacuum filter, HEPA filter, so they do have the size is 0.3 micron to 1 micron. So that gave you the best performance as a household material. Many other materials throughout, as, a, as for example, the clothes. Uh, so clothes typically do not have very small pores. So it's not very efficient uh, to actually filter for this particular case. So go back to the vacuum cleaner bags for just a moment, because I had been looking into that last week, and I read that mm-hmm. that you shouldn't use them because they're coated in chemicals. Is that true? I'm not 100% sure exactly what has been coated, but I'm pretty sure that has to be treated. Um, because once you have the material, oftentimes you have to think about what kind of things you want to track uh, in, the, in the vacuum use and uh, what is the pore size. And sometimes the, the, the material they fabricate may not be necessary have the, exactly the pore size. They have to do post-treatment. And also you have to mold them and package them. So, so that's really hard to tell what exactly on the vacuum bag, whether that's healthy or not healthy, whether you can breathe them into it. So I do not recommend um, directly use the vacuum bag filter to put on your mouse. Uh, the best approach, if you want to use at home, is you can use a regular fabric as a, um, as a pocket, and you make the mask by use this as an insert. What is the best material to use? It uh, depends on whether it's for the, for the household or it's whether it's for the um, uh, medical professional. Well, let's say you're, let, let's talk about people who are, because there's a big concern about people wearing mm-hmm. masks when you go to the grocery store, the drug store, mm-hmm. you know, you're not right. supposed to leave your home, but you do need to get food. So... You know, a lot of people have a lot of questions about what is the best material to use and, and how to best use it so that you're, you're protected. Right. So uh, I think it's uh, so anything put in your mouth is better than having nothing to protect. So that's uh, the first thing is have some protection. Uh, the other thing is if you go to the grocery store, uh, you only use them temporarily. And if you use them temporarily, it's not like the medical doctor. You, ha- you have to have a lot of concern about the breathability and long-term usage. So I would think you can use a lot of material. If you have a regular uh, fabric, you can make a pocket and inserting, for example, the vacuum filter into it and temporarily use them. So you, you're not directly breathing the vacuum filter material into your mouth. You have some protection. Um, the other thing is, um, if you just temper use, so there's a material called Tyvek. Uh, this is what commonly used 
uh, in our household for the wrapping the house or on the, your envelope is a Tyvek paper. Um, so the Tyvek paper actually has the exactly the, the size for filtration. However, it's not very breathable. Um, so we had another version on a website is to deal in such kind of material. We use so-called two layers. So we punch some uh, holes onto these Tyvek paper, so make them more breathable, and then make them multi-layers. So in this case, it gives you better protection and also breathability. Okay, that is that is a super duper mask. It sounds like <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I think we just have to do our best way to to ensure. So, so if you're not using them for a long time, right? You just go to the grocery store. You, you try. So that's what my husband do is trying to get out as soon as possible, and then you probably can form less breathable material. But you have to use your judgment. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us, Professor. We really appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. All right, stay well. Thank you. All right, thank you. Bye bye. Okay. Okay. Let me just go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Uh, so my name is Eric Sigalski. I'm a medical device engineer, and I started a company called Archimedic. Uh, Archimedic is a medical device development firm with offices in Philadelphia and Boston, uh, and we work with innovators to develop new medical technology uh, for a variety of different applications. So Eric, tell me, how did you get involved in the, the Pen Origami Mask Project? I was actually the originator of the of the origami mask. Um, you know, University of Pennsylvania uh, came to me. They're, they're a client of ours, and uh, one of our contacts there said um, that you know they had this. Uh, they were anticipating a need for PPE or having a shortage of PPE, like many of the other healthcare providers. And so they were they were interested in exploring alternative ways for uh, for you know you can meet this need. And so, you know, after that was rattling around in my head for a few nights, I, I came up with this idea for uh, creating an, uh, a respirator or a, a, a face mask that didn't require any sewing uh, and didn't require any special equipment, something that was very easy, simple for people to do. So that was, you know, part of the original thinking behind the origami design is, uh, is trying to make it as, as simple as possible. So I... I pulled up the video and I watched it. I'm not sure I could do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's uh, so it's uh, it's you know simpler than you think. Um, okay. You know that there's there's some alignment holes that you know help guide exactly where the folds are going to be. And uh, I actually have two seven-year-olds and a ten-year-old, and, and they've been building them up uh, alongside me. So uh, it's definitely doable. You know, you have to be patient and. And, uh, you know, you have to line things up properly, but it's definitely doable. Maybe a little Zen there for you as you're doing this. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so what are you guys using to make them? And are you are you making them for to give away right now? Or are you making them for your own family? Uh, so so both, you know, there's there's a number of different materials that we've explored. And there's um, the ideal material that we have we've identified is uh, it's called sterilization wrap. And it's a material that's used um, in in hospitals that um, for uh, for wrapping up uh, surgical instruments that need to be inserted into an autoclave machine. So that that basically is a is a sterilization system that's that's in, exists in in all hospitals. And so it's this known medical grade material that has the right properties for filtering out bacteria and viruses 
uh, and it's also heavily breathable. So that that's the material that we have identified. It has the right properties. The challenge is that you know that material is not widely available as sort of a retail uh, type of product. And so, you know, people that are trying to purchase this, uh, you know, they might not be able to do that through Amazon and other other places as, as you know, easily as they could with other materials. So, you know, we've, we've published uh, some data that we've found uh, about other materials that could be, that could be suitable, um, things ranging from cotton blends that have some type of synthetic, um, you know, polyester blend uh, are about 74% effective at at one micron particles. You know, there's other materials that, that, you know, are are possible as well. Unfortunately, there hasn't been uh, a, a lot of time to conduct extensive testing on any of these materials because things are moving so rapidly. Uh, you know, we're looking at what household materials can be used, uh, and, and, you know, trying to, uh, trying to test as well as we can, uh, but but there is a certain degree of, of uh, you know, lack of information on some of these materials. Right, because, I mean, things are moving so quickly. So there are a bunch of charts out there, um, and one that keeps popping up rates, you know, the N95 mask, and then it rates a bunch of different household materials behind it. Shu mentioned coffee filters. That's one that I had not heard of yet. So why don't we talk about coffee filters first, because it seems to be something that you guys have looked at. Uh, briefly, I mean, I, I did some uh, some initial research on the filtration size, and I believe that the the filter, um, you know, for for coffee, it's it's much much larger than uh, the size of the particles that viruses would would be on. So I, I do not, I don't think that it would be a very effective medium for um, for a for a mask. The other thing that I did talk to Professor Yang about was the vacuum cleaner bags. And I told her I had started looking into that last week and I came across an article that said not to use them because they are they have chemicals on them. Have you looked into that at all? Can you speak to that at all? Um, so we've had some discussions with um, vacuum cleaning bag manufacturers and uh, and. and you know, so far that we haven't received any of that feedback. Um, I don't think that um, you know. It just in, intuitively, the vacuum bag cleaners are you know they're 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 pulling um, you know dust from from carpets and uh, and then it's blowing the you know the air through the bag and so it's it's naturally getting into the environment. Now, granted, it, you know when it's blowing from that bag, it's not going right up into somebody's airway, um, but I. I I, I haven't heard anything about, you know, um, chemicals that, you know, that could be problematic on vacuum cleaning bags. That that would be news to me. So what do you use when you go out to the grocery store? I actually have been building them up using vacuum cleaning bags because that's that's accessible. And, you know, it has uh, very, very good filtration properties, uh, you know, actually pretty comparable to surgical masks. Uh, so that's that's what I've been using when I go out to the store. What kind of bags? Because there are all different kinds of bags out there. Uh, sure. So mo- most of the bags um, are made out of a, a non-woven, uh, non-woven blend, and um, the the bags that that I've been using are shop vac style. So um, they're larger. Uh, they're used in like wet wet dry vacs. Um, uh, sort of the, the the large drum style, and you know the benefit there is that you can make a lot of masks out of these uh, out of these uh, these uh, shop vac style uh, cleaning bags. 
Do you put it in something then, you know, to, to like, a, a, like a cloth pocket? No, the entire origami mask is made out of a single material, which is one of the reasons why it's so simple. You know, you don't need to assemble anything, uh, any additional materials to it. So where does your project go from here? Are you, are you continuing with this? Uh, so th- this this project has um, it's launched this initiative called Open Medical, and Open Medical is a is a nonprofit that is in formation, and the intent of the nonprofit uh, is to address a lot of these unmet medical needs that that exist. Uh, this is just one example of of a medical need that has been emergent and requires uh, solutions rapidly, uh, and so Open Medical is intended to address those types of types of products. Uh, but Open Medical is also to you know to look at some other longer term unmet needs, such as those for you know patient populations that are that are neglected, uh, such as like pediatrics or you know patients that have rare diseases where the market size you know isn't large enough to justify. Uh, a lot of commercial, you know, effort and commercial focus, uh, and so open open medical is this is this group that uh, that we've we've created where it's drawing from uh, a really broad member base. That just in a, about a week, we've already we have around 250 members that have joined, and you know these members are coming together to uh, uh, to, to you know to design new products to meet these unmet needs and and uh, ultimately get these products in you know to the to the to the patients and providers that need them the most. Uh, so that's the longer term vision with Open Medical, and, and uh, we're addressing we're trying to address the shortage of PPE right now. But our our plan is to uh, you know continue this process and and address other needs down the down the road. No, Eric. It, it, it the one thing that strikes me. It just I still haven't processed. Perhaps is the right word. The fact that medical personnel are having to go deep. DIY, you know, I mean, the fact that the the public is, is, I guess that's, you know, there's not enough to go around for the public, but the fact that, you know, we've heard of people, of medics, medical professionals using raincoats, shower caps, mm-hmm. and, you know, I, you know, I guess maybe you're not the guy to ask, but it, it's, 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 it's so shocking that it's come to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it is a really unfortunate state of affairs. Um, you know, the, obviously the, the frontline Workers need to have the highest priority in terms of you know getting these N95 masks and everything that is being done with homemade PPE is is really just a stopgap. Um, so you know hopefully uh, the frontline workers are, are are getting getting that those materials that are prioritized you know directly to them. Um, it is an unfortunate situation. If people want to find out how to make their own origami mask, is there a website they can go to? Sure, they can go to openmedicalinnovation.com. All of the template files and instruction videos are posted there. Okay, and um, wish me luck because if I, <laughs> I might actually have my kids do it. I think you might have better luck. You should. You should give it a shot. <laughs> okay, Thank you so much for joining us, Eric. We really appreciate it. Sure. Thanks, Carol. That's it for this episode of KYW In-Depth Coronavirus. For more stories about the coronavirus pandemic, or if you just want to know more than what you're hearing on the news right now, if you want to go a little deeper, if you want to know how this could change your life or your routine, then subscribe to the KYW In-Depth podcast. Search for KYW In-Depth on the Radio.com app on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. 
I'm Carol McKenzie, and we'll have another episode out soon.